Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. And BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. I often liken it to being a little bit like the leader of the orchestra. You're not a professional in any of those realms with which you deal, be it the first violins or, or the brass section. And if you liken that to business where you're dealing with PR companies and design and all the different elements of your purpose and your brand, then I get a great sense of joy of unleashing that expertise that comes from other people. As long as I feel a innate sense of confidence in that agency or team that I'm working with, then I am very happy to take their steer and to take their lead. And I think, as, as I said, as a leader of the orchestra, you provide the heartbeat and the rhythm and the reason for being there in, in the first place. And then you bring all those elements together and allow their expertise to flourish. This is Pix Ashworth, the founder of sustainable bath and body brand Land of Water and the director of the Watergate Hotel in Cornwall, UK. And when I started talking with Pix before the interview, we be very clearly quickly that this conversation was all about for her to share how they have used their deep and clear purpose to build just not one business, but three businesses. And Pix shares how they over the years have built their brands on the foundation of respect for the sea and land, as well as delivering a high level of hospitality in everything they do. She also shares the power of having a strong 10-year vision connected with a yearly planning cycle that support the journey of achieving that vision. You will get insights into how you also can grow a business without you have to compromise on your values and beliefs. She also shares their learnings of coming a B Corp and how this have elevated the way they're running their businesses. We also discussed the constant battle of work-life balance as an entrepreneur and business owner when you are in the pursuit of mastery in everything you do. Before you tune in, please do not miss out on the new free white paper we have developed in cooperation with Bisimply. And we take a deep dive into, in this white paper, what maverick leaders know and do. We call it the six tenants of agile hospitality. Six tenants every leader needs to survive and thrive in the new era of hospitality. Click the link in the show notes and get your free copy. Now it's over to Pix. I'm excited for our conversation today because um, we're going to be talking something that I'm um, probably about very geeky about, and you've heard it many times on the show. It's going to be about, in principle, about purpose or direction, as I also call it, and what lies under that, and actually how you can use that actually just not to build one business, but maybe build 
a number of different businesses and brands where there's all is a link between them and a reason why they exist and also a very interesting way to to grow your business instead of just opening x amount of hotels restaurants or whatever kind of, of businesses and for that we have a great guest so welcome to the to the show pics is a it's a great pleasure to have you here thank you so much michael it's fun to be here thank you for having me i would love uh, for the people out there just to hear a bit about your story like the milestone and how you got involved in hospitality how you got involved in the lifestyle brand and, and, and the other businesses that you were involved in and, 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 and how it all came came around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I had an unusual entry into the hospitality industry uh, in that I married into it. Um, it wasn't uh, predetermined, predestined. I, so I, I grew up in Sussex in the countryside and I worked um, after university in London and then in Paris. Um, and uh, I then, Will and I, my husband, uh, we've been commuting between Cornwall and Paris for two years. And uh, he has his own uh, family business in the hotel industry. And um, I'd been working in financial services in London and in Paris and decided to move to Cornwall uh, in 2004. So you could say that that was uh, a fairly formative move to my career and uh, landing, in, landing in Cornwall in 2004 whilst it certainly wasn't the dark ages, is quite different to now in terms of connectivity. Um, so I started working with Will straight away um, in the hotel. And uh, so I, I didn't grow up going to hotels and restaurants very much, had fairly old fashioned upbringing like that. So, but it is such a tangible business that it was very easy to be interested in straight away. Um, and there was just a lot to learn. Yeah, and then over the years, you you know you develop the the hotel business, and, and the people that will go on online and check out afterwards find out that it's, it's a very beautiful hotel in a very very beautiful location in in Cornwall, straight out to the water. I was like, you you you, you can't get well. You're quite right. You can't get closer. I think you're almost in the water <laughs> when you, if if the pictures are true. And then also a, a lifestyle brand which you worked on recently can, can you talk a bit more about that and also maybe the uh, the letting business has developed out of the uh, the hospitality business yes and you're absolutely right to start with the fact that we're practically in the water and and we very much talk about um that as that's what you know we owe all our brand to our, uh, to as a as a starting uh place to its location so watergate bay hotel on the north coast of cornwall um, it's, uh, we have 70 to 80 bedrooms in the hotel. Um, and we, it's essentially, it's our take on a modern beach holiday and that owes it all to location. And it's about finding that balance between, uh, how you want to feel, how you want to feel to get the best out of your holiday, uh, whether that's paddling out, um, to catch, uh, the next wave, or maybe it's finding a quiet corner and curling up with a book. Uh, it may be walking in a crisp, um, brisk air or coming in, uh, having a warming sauna, a lovely meal with with friends and family. So it's about finding that sweet spot. Uh, and we talk a lot about the balance of life. We've talked about this for 20 years. We're not using uh, new words. We talk about being active, getting amongst the elements. And that's really the, the, um, the springboard for everything we do. Uh, eating and drinking well, spoiling yourself a little, chilling out getting cozy, uh, and most of all, having a good time. And that really is our why. 
you know, a lot of businesses talk about why they are, what's their purpose. That's our why, and that's the root of everything. Um, and from that, it's, you know, it, it became very clear to us. It was easy to define what we wanted to create from that. So we had our why that I've just described and our what is very much, we talk about ourselves as a ski resort on a beach uh, with, with a progressive and adaptive outlook. Uh, and that's kind, of, that's kind of key as well. And so that purpose and that vision has extended towards the other two businesses that I've worked with uh, since, since I've arrived in Cornwall. And that first one that you, you mentioned, our self-catering letting agency, that's called Beach Retreats. Um, and that was my first project uh, here in Cornwall when I arrived in 2004, found my feet for a few months. And then we launched in 2005, we launched Beach Retreats um, as a self-catering letting agency marketing uh, private owners' properties um, and taking those same principles of, um, of this playground, this incredible natural outdoor playground that we have here in Cornwall um, and then surrounding, uh, finding properties uh, with uh, beautifully put together with interiors and, and design, but where there's an active lifestyle that goes with it with great restaurants and places to stay uh, and where everybody can find their own balance. Uh, so, yeah, so that was it. We had a few of our own self-catering properties within the business and we then extended that and that's a uh, separate limited company within our stable of brands today run by somebody far more talented than I am. And uh, we have about 300 properties that we let now in that business. Um, and then the third one that you mentioned is Land and Water. Land and Water builds on that same idea and Land and Water talk, talks a lot about um, how time outside makes us feel better inside. So that's very much our why, again, um, drawing on our heritage and, uh, and, our, and our what what we do. Land and Water are natural bath and body products uh, that are designed to recreate that fresh skin invigoration that we feel on the shoreline. Um, that sense of exhilaration and calm. Very interesting when I hear you talk, Pix. You also is like that. There's like this reconnection with the with nature, which is in principle water and land, and in in in, in, yeah. in very big <laughs> terms. Uh, it's not that simple. I know that people will tell me, but it, it's like it's very interesting that you build a brand on that purpose, actually of reconnecting people with that and the power of that does for themselves, but also. When you understand that this is what we need to take care of i guess and protect that that's like really powerful how has that been for, for for you to actually articulate that and make sure that you live that because you need then to create brands that really takes that into account and what they do on a daily level in, in the business yeah so in terms of art i think what, what you're asking me is to to articulate how we uh communicate how we we take care of that environment on which we've built our our brands and and of course that's ever more important and there's uh there's no doubt about that and finding ways to do that um becomes increasingly difficult um because you know we, we a word that's banded around a lot is greenwashing and we have to be absolutely sure that we are are, are clear and transparent in what we're doing um in terms of watergate bay and, and beach streets um because they are more established businesses absolutely we know if you cut through those businesses there's always been that absolute drive um towards my and my husband has worked very hard on this on the kind of systems we put in in terms of um 
combined heat and power systems um, that provide the um, the you know we extract all the heat from our kitchens and then that's reused uh, as a source of power etc so it's all there but we absolutely have to communicate it and the the key tool that we're looking at to be able to communicate it and to to test and assess ourselves and develop ever more rigor is B Corp, um, which I'm sure I'm sure you've heard of um, and we're uh, pushing out, challenging ourselves. We've got our um, assessment is is prepared and and um, put forward. So um, we hope very much to get BCOR accreditation soon. And I'm sure you know that that isn't just about the environment. Um, it measures a company's social and environmental impact in its entirety. Um, so not only do we have to demonstrate really high social and environmental performance. We also have to make a, a legal commitment um, and uh, to, to, to reach certain standards for all our stakeholders, not just our shareholders. Uh, and so, you know, that's customers, suppliers, the community, our staff. Um, and also really importantly, as I started out at the, at the start of this uh, little theme is talking about uh, transparency, exhibiting transparency and as a B Corps, um, business you you agree to have your information publicly um, displayed on the Beacle website and you know anybody can go on and see how you performed uh, in achieving your accreditation so that is absolutely fundamental to us communicating um, with Land and Water's much younger brand um, and so it was very obvious to us from the from the beginning there are lots of disadvantages let's say although often ultimately they're, they're positives, but there are lots of disadvantages to being a small brand. Um, but one of the advantages um, of being a, a young small brand is you can be so nimble and light on your feet. So if we need to you know, change our componentry, et cetera, to keep up with the latest technologies that allow us to be that bit more sustainable, then it's much easier for us to do than a much bigger um, international brand. Um, but that said, we, we came at a time when it was absolutely clear to us to be um, environmentally sustainable from the start. Um, so all our products are 100% vegan. All our plastic is 100% post-consumer recycled plastic. All our ingredients are natural and ethically sourced. Uh, we have, you know, and we're always thinking about how we um, encourage our customers to use refills and things like that. So we provide the refills uh, that we use ourselves in hospitality. Um, to make those available for domestic use as well. There's like two questions that comes out of all the things you said to me. It's like, again, because the, the B Corp, like lots of companies are considering that. And I think lots of the people are listening to the show here are on the journey are considering it. What has been like your main learnings about your own business? Because I've been through B Corp with another business as well. And it's like, it's like, I was quite surprised about what I, it was not so much of, you know, passing the line is important and get the, the, the sticker, but it's more like these reflection and conversation it brings up, I thought, but what, and also some deep, deep learnings about how we did things or how we should do things uh, and how actually we didn't do enough on some areas. I don't know what your learnings has been going through that as a, a business owner with the team. Yeah, I think there's two, two learnings. One is that, um, 
is that you have to find you have to find your way there's no right answer to everything that you do um and you have to just simply just do the best you can you know no no two scientists agree on the best on the best uh you know the best recycled plastic to use is, is glass better than plastic is plastic better than glass um it, you know and you have to choose what's right for you what you're able to do at that moment um, so that's very key. And, and I think when I first started building the land and water brand, I really thought I was going to go and find that solution. There isn't an end solution. Of course, it's ever evolving. So that that's the number one thing. The other thing that I think is fascinating about B Corp is that it very much encourages businesses to work together um, and to learn from each other. And I know that our head of sustainability, I'm not intimately involved in the process, but I know that she works endlessly with other uh, um, hotels and other industries as well to share learnings and uh, and grow together so it's not that you're trying to sort of do anything better than anybody else it you there really is a a real reason for us all to do this together um so i think that that's that's probably the two big learnings i would take away from from my experience of of trying to build a sustainable brand what about um if we take um you talked about as well that now you you, you have two businesses you had the, the letting business and the hotel business there's similarities there's trade-offs there in a way but then you go out and do land and water what was that made you think we need to do that what is like the how do you see that as the extension and in a way of growing you know the presence of what you're already doing in hospitality in cornwall well, I mean, the inspiration for Land of Water, as I said, is the fact that, you know, the idea, and it's all pretty much a fact, isn't it? I don't think anyone's going to disagree that spending time outside makes you feel better inside. Um, but really, we feel really well placed to to um, create a brand like Land of Water because we have witnessed, not only do we, obviously, we're in a prime position to enjoy the lifestyle um, ourselves, um, you know, when, when we're not... Um, in front of a laptop or uh, busy, busy like everyone else. But um, we not only do we enjoy it ourselves and benefit from it, but we also witness it. And that's really special is seeing guests coming off the, you know, off the cliffs or off the beach. And then we also have a, a hotel in the Lake District with another place on the shores of Oldswater, which is a separate business. And there also, it, it doesn't matter where you are, you can be in a park, in central London, you could be, um, you know, by a little stream uh, in the countryside. I think just being outside, um, you know, and it's just it's because we see guests all the time coming in and that warm glow that emanates from them. Um, that was an utter inspiration to um, recreate that sense of invigoration. It's the only thing that, you know, you can take with you away from Watergate Bay and another place in a tangible form. Um, and also we I suppose, like I said, we, we wanted to create a ski resort on a beach with a um, progressive outlook. So we're always trying to be dynamic, adapt and change. And uh, we wanted, we had our own product before, which we loved sitting on our shelves. And we wanted to take that to the next level. We wanted to create a product that could sit um, comfortably on the shelves of a national retailer. Um, and, uh, and very much, you know, says something about the way that guests might feel uh, when they spend time away, um, and so, and so we 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 elevated the brand, I guess, to 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 do that. Um, so those were, yeah, the two reasons that we we wanted to do it. One being very much the inspiration, and one more, uh, yeah, we can really develop something here. We can take something that says 
a lot about the way people might feel about the world from environmental um, ethos, but also from um, that constant uh, need and, and desire and ever more so for that balance between exhilaration and calm and uh, that invigoration, that happy, relaxed feeling that you met, might get from spending time away. How has that journey been going into, in principle, retail products, as you said, like going from delivering an experience to now scaling a product in principle, but still with an experience because I guess many of the user will have some kind, you know, that's they want that fix in their busy day life. They from Cornwall that just makes you switch out in that moment and actually, you know, have that moment of stillness, if you can say so. Um, but, but how's that journey been? Because I've I've been in a similar journey myself, and you know, hospitality is very different from from retail. That's been my learning, but that's still similar. There's lots of, you know co-creation if you have a purpose then it is easier than if you just want to sell a product absolutely and i think i think um you know as a as developing a business um and um working you know towards um growing your business as well i think so much of it is driven by instinct and uh, working with people that you respect and and get on well with and i often liken it to being a little bit like a, the leader of the orchestra you're not a professional in any of those realms with which you deal, be it the first violins or or or, or the brass section, and and if you liken that to uh, to business where you're you know dealing with um, um, PR companies and and design and uh, all the different elements of your of your purpose and your brand, uh, then I get a great sense of joy of literally just unleashing that um, expertise. That comes from other people. Uh, I, as long as I feel a innate sense of confidence uh, in that agency or team that I'm working with, then I am very happy um, to take their steer and to take their lead. And I think, as, as I said, as a leader of the orchestra, you provide the heartbeat and the rhythm and the and and the reason for being there in, in the first place. And then you bring all those elements together. Uh, and allow their expertise to flourish um, between them, then uh, that seems to be, it was some advice I was given by both uh, the directors that I work with here at Watergate Bay, who are uh, very well experienced, and my husband said, you know, always work with people that you like and get on well with. Um, and as Land and Water is a small business, we've chosen to work predominantly with, um, with agencies, um, many of them in Cornwall. Uh, the talent is extraordinary and, uh, yeah, so going into retailers, going into uh, other, you know, tr trying to find new hospitality businesses to go into, uh, on, or working on a piece of design, it doesn't matter what we do, we are surrounded by a really strong level of expertise. How do you actually, you know, you define this strong purpose, you now translate it into three different businesses. How do you actually, you know, translate that into the culture? Because you're touching a bit on there, like getting the right people on on around you is, is key as a business owner, but how you make sure that the the purpose is executed, as I call it, or delivered in the way you want to on uh, on these businesses on a more you know philosophic level. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think I have the you know the exact answer to that. I think all I can say is what what you know we've tried to do, and I think that it's as I said, it, it comes from the heartbeat, 
and then you surrounding yourself and, and it's the same with people you employ you employ really good people around you and you share you know fun on the way hard work yes but fun on the way and it's it's you know i feel like cultures are often absorbed and uh, when you open a new restaurant or a new hotel it's not going to appear overnight um you know and that that culture takes takes um a while to to um to be fostered and to grow and uh, so i think it's i think it, for me it's all about absolute clarity about who you are working with people that you like and and slowly but surely that that culture will be i suppose it, it, it's, a, it's a process of osmosis almost what about um if you uh, think about it like because now you've you've gone from one business to two businesses to three businesses what is your thoughts and approach to growth then and, and, and how are you thinking growth because I guess there's some commercial reasons why developing three businesses have to be commercial viable but what 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 is the meaning with growth for you and what does growth mean for for your three businesses again I think B Corp is very helpful with that it helps you give a sort of rigor to your to your purpose and and to make sure that you are considering all all stakeholders in your growth um, but I think growth comes from from your own inspiration your own gut and 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 yes we absolutely have a business strategy we have business strategies short term medium term long term and uh and whilst that long term can be not vague but uh, an idea that could have several different scenarios and options the short term what i've learned um very recently actually in the last year as land and water really begins to take off is to um uh, try and pull together laser-like laser focus on your strategy because there are so many, and it's a wonderful position to be in. You, I wouldn't want to complain for a second. There's opportunities that flood into our inbox every day um, and you want to do everything, <laughs> um, but you can't. Um, and you know, you've got a budget and you can't spend more than your budget. Um, and so it's being really focused on what you said you were going to do this year um whilst of course not um you know cut, cutting off your hand to spite your face or whatever the expression is i can't remember the expression but um you know of course if a particular opportunity comes up that that really warrants a you know a slight diversion from your strategy well so be it but a lot of the time i am checking in uh with our with my co-directors in, in watergate bay just to say you know this opportunity but i think I think we need to stick to this or, or vice versa or they may say to you great opportunity picks but i think you really need to stick to the strategy here so it's um you know it can be a really lonely place i think um, trying to lead a business um but we're very lucky in that we have a uh, very experienced and stable um senior senior management team and, and and group of directors which means that we can um bounce those ideas off each other but yes i think a strategy you know you could develop it for ages and really it's for me it's one big piece of paper and you can have some boxes um it doesn't need to be the most beautiful design pdf ever but as long as you'll share that strategy um and know what your purpose is then uh, then that's good for us yeah and i guess also the purpose informs the strategy and how you make decisions in the strategy that's almost what i hear hear you saying as well and they can inform the tiniest of decisions day to day um, and, but it, and as I said, I, I, you know, I'm only just beginning to learn this um, because I can easily get distracted by something. And then I think, why am I spending time on this? You know, I should be focusing 
on 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 uh, you know on our core strategy and how long have you spent because this may be interesting for other business owner how how long have you spent on developing that strategy or how are you continuously spending energy on, on that strategy because it's always emerging is, is my guess yeah yeah and it's so easy not to spend time on it <laughs> um but you know we have the rigor of a, of a financial process where we where we set out our plans for the, for the following year that need to be submitted to our board and and you know so it, it's always helpful to have these processes be it that or, or as i referred to earlier your b core process um where you need to uh, have things done by a certain time and in a certain format and uh so yeah i think i think we uh, dedicate time and I think also you know conversations like this are really helpful um, to to reflect as well and spend time thinking you know a, a about what really really matters to you and what matters to the business so absolutely having having structure around when you do these things and we would uh, yeah once a year we are redefining our strategy for the following year we're usually doing that in November December January ready to kick start again in March um tends to be our, our rhythm and it's really interesting you have you already built in like a planning cycle in the business because that's also many of the people are interviewed here when it comes out to decide their clarity and purpose and direction and the reason why they have is that because they continuously work on you know the strategy piece and that you know they reconnect with purpose vision values beliefs and all the other things that is centered around strategy but they spend quite a lot of time actually you know you know they one thing is to implement the strategy but also reflecting on the strategy and actually you know evolving the strategy and actually always using that as exactly you say that is what i need to do that's what we decided to set out to do and then of course if something comes along that's so good then you need to change the strategy a bit that's okay because it came along because you followed the strategy. Absolutely. And I think all the time as you're developing your um, future strategy for the coming year, so your short-term strategy, you are at the same time um, slightly tweaking what you're thinking for five years' time at the same time because it will depend what's happened uh, in the previous years. But, yeah, I think we uh, – yeah, so so Will, has, uh, my husband, has, you know, a lot of experience of, of – of leading a business and he he always talks about not standing still um and always challenging ourselves not sitting back and saying you know great we're doing a good job <laughs> yeah it's nice to say you know nice to think that we that we might be doing a good job but also to challenge that and uh, what can we do better and um how because we've got to stay relevant and um and i think that's really important because it's 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 a little like um how we look at uh, hotels now um, they need to make sense, you know, and you, you don't uh, walk through the door and find uh, it, you're almost entering, coming into a personality and everything needs to have cohesion be between it. So, um, so that's important to us as well. What about um, you build a, a community of customers, I guess, across what you do? Have you seen like spillovers between the brands? because they know you are involved and I could imagine that the, the land and water would be quite interesting to hear uh, if there's like people that stayed with you in the, in, in the hotel and then they, they, they want to buy a product because it makes them connected with the place when they're not able to be in, in Cornwall. Exactly. Yeah, and then that's, that's, um, that's absolutely true. And we, I think when you're, 
nurturing a young brand like Land & Water, you absolutely need to align yourself with other brands. And that's a great advantage for a young brand uh, like Land & Water to be part of a, a bigger stable of brands um, where there are opportunities to uh, align yourselves to those values and, and those ways of being. And also simply, you know, on a commercial front uh, basis, just to be in, in front of people, as you said, people can buy um, Land & Water from the hotels. Um, and take it home and we can talk to talk to our guests about all the different things that we do including land and water so there's no doubt um, but that said we'll, we go out and you know talk to other brands as well where we feel we have aligned values and try and do um, reciprocal um, um, brand partnerships um, because it's always nice when another brand talks about you rather than having to talk about yourself it's uh, I think it feels uh, most natural to, to, to most people um, not to, to, to be able to shout about other other people, other brands rather than themselves. And, and as we're going a bit from uh, the inside of the business to, um, to looking a bit about like what, um, what do you think like, you know, hospitality's role, because there's no doubt about hospitality is being redefined with the pandemic and all the other things that happen in the world um how does actually hospitality play a role now in your view of making a world a, a better place because i believe there's so many ways hospitality can do that and we are so well set up for it because we're about hospitality i agree with you i think it's a it's an absolute gift to be in this business because we really can make a contribution um to the balance and well-being of of so many people and that ability to enjoy a holiday is ever more the priority uh, for our guests, which puts a certain amount of pressure on us. Um, and uh, and you know that that really w was a test, I think, particularly during uh, that first summer of of the pandemic, um, when it can, you know, we've had that culture of Watergate Bay solidified for so for so long. We know exactly what we are. But suddenly we were slightly tested because guests felt very differently about the pandemic. Some people felt that coming to Cornwall was escaping it, um, which sadly wasn't true. I wish it had been. Um, and, and some people were very nervous of coming away. So you have to be very um, sensitive to those different feelings. And so even the most, and I've heard other hoteliers talk about this as well, even the most experienced um, staff, particularly a front of house staff, um, you know, found themselves really tested in into how just how to be again once um, the industry reopened. Um, so, absolutely, I think it's a big challenge, and we have to. We're here to help guests make the most of their time away. So it's a real privilege, but also, uh, you know, quite a pressure, quite quite a challenge. And and there's there's numerous levers that you can employ to do that, and you know, a lot of that will be around thinking about what the guests would like to do and offering it to them in a way that feels right for your brand. Um, you know, some hotels may choose to have, you know, sort of uh, leaflets or something like that on arrival. Other brands, it, that doesn't make sense to them. They don't want that clutter in their space. It's all about the pre-arrival email and talking to them. What can we do to enhance your stay? Uh, and I think we got a little flavor of that, well, not a little flavor, a big flavor of how to do that in the pandemic, you know, because we suddenly had to book times in our swimming pool. We couldn't have more than one family in the in the pool at, the, at any given time. So we suddenly had to, you know, already start doing um, that uh, really from a health and safety point of view at that time. But I think now 
people are very anxious to make sure that they enjoy uh, their time away to the best of their ability. And we have to nurture that in a way that feels right for us. And that will be dif different for every hospitality um, business. Um, just like it would be that, you know, if you came to my home, I would host you in a different way that another friend would. Um, yeah, uh, it's also very interesting when you say that, that that's the role. And then you look at the challenges, not only you know, general businesses have right now in, after a pandemic and now whatever we call what we're going into recession slash a huge change of combined with Brexit on top. Um, and it really has impact on and then you are really brave. You have three businesses. So you, what, what, what do you see are the biggest challenges for businesses to be able to deliver, you know, the, the hospitality, those experiences or just great products? Yeah, um, I think in terms of um, the hospitality industry, we have all the problems that you, were, you, you know, all the challenges that you would expect. Um, and but what I really value about these challenges, and I think uh, other businesses have felt this as, way, as well, is that when you have a challenge thrown at you, it can feel a little daunting to begin with, but actually once you've absorbed it and talked about it, the positivity that comes out of that and changing the way you do things um, completely overcomes that, um, that negativity in the first place. So you find you actually do things better than you did before because of that challenge. So, um, you know, whilst a pandemic is not welcome, challenges are. And uh, so I think, you know, we, we found various ways um, to alleviate um, the recruitment um, issues. Um, and then in, in a small brand like Land of Water, there are, um, you know, obvious challenges like in, in terms of growth for us, um, just because it's right at the top of my mind at the moment, we're beginning to uh, export internationally. Um, and when you're a team of three with, uh, yes, we work with some fantastic design teams beyond that as well, that's hugely challenging to ship to Hong Kong, to ship um, uh, outside of, uh, into Europe. And, uh, and so if, if that process could just be like shipping within the UK, I'd love someone to solve that. Um, but that's just a, a you know small example of of what's right in front of me at the moment. Um, and that essentially that's around processes. It's not the fact you can't do it. Yes, it's expensive. Everything's expensive at the moment, another challenge. Um, but um, but it's it's quite painful. Um, and I wouldn't profess to be able to um, uh, to be able to tell you, you know, whether Brexit or, or, or whatever is the cause of that and, and all the additional hygiene rules and, and quite rightly the health and safety rules that we have around that. But it's it's um, it's difficult to negotiate. Um, and as a small brand, it's really challenging um, from a cost point of view as well. I know that other businesses I've talked to, interestingly, uh, again, small businesses, uh, much smaller than ours. I think that's a real um, one of the pressures is um, trading terms. Um, payment terms. So if their supply, if they're not being paid for 60, 80 days, then they can't pay their supplies. So that knock-on effect is is really hard. And of course, that doesn't really touch um, bigger businesses in the same way that it touched smaller businesses. No, again, because that's uh, you know the, you you also have close relationships, and of course, you want to to pay on time because you would appreciate that yourself as a small business, where a big business has other means or other 
terms they, they they can play at and i think that that's that's the, that's also something i've heard like it's the uh it's the disappointments you have to give to other people even though if you want to do the right thing you can't either because the cash hasn't arrived in your account yet or you can't deliver what you promised because you can't get the resources or the products or whatever it is i, I hear that all the time as well um but if anyone out there know anything about that, they, they should definitely reach out. I think if they know how to help you with the, the shipping bit international, if there's somebody yeah, yeah. listening into the show, then they, they, they're more than welcome to reach out. I'm sure. Um, what has been, you know, you just mentioned yourself, you've gone through the pandemic, it's, it's challenging right now in business, but what has been, you know, most significant learning for you as a, a human, but also business leader, because we're all, take something away from this this is what i feel when i talk with people it's like there's like a learning in this you talked about before challenges makes you better or obstacle is the way is a, is another way to phrase it um but, but what have you been your own learnings and over the three businesses you're involved in i think it's it's pretty simple michael i think it's just to trust your instincts and when you don't um then you wish you had <laughs> um, and and as i said before working working with people um with whom you get on well and and you really feel you know are, are part of your team um but uh yeah I'm, I'm flattered that you asked me for for my opinion i don't feel overly well qualified to to answer but uh you know other than i i go a lot on gut instinct and and, and trust that as much as i can what are what are you most excited about right now? Um, just, uh, when you know you see see the the years ahead of you. Um, well, it sounds like you have really good speed on on the, on the new land and water brand, and there's a lots happening there. But uh, what else excites you right now? So I think I can tell you what excites me about next next two weeks, <laughs> uh, which is land and water, which is going um, which is going to the independent hotel show for the first time. We'll be exhibiting there, so it's really great. The relationships and partnerships we're building up in the um, hospitality industry, and uh, we're really pleased that we seem to be striking such a chord with um general managers and decision makers within that industry um and this is our first move into being active towards seeking uh new partnerships and supplying land and water so you know and, and many of um the partners that we work with we talked about ethos earlier they talk about um how they were drawn to our ethos reflecting their own so it feels really right to be going and that's one of the reasons i'm so excited is i think we'll have a lot of great conversations there um but in terms of um the business as a whole we have a very long-term strategy 10 years ahead of us um, which has lots of exciting things in the pipeline and uh and i think what uh, what really excites me is, I guess, just look, you know, seeing those come to fruition as they will. I'm sure they'll they'll probably they'll be something completely different to what we think they are now. Not completely, but but you know, they they will be different because you always start out with Plan A and then there's Plan B and Plan C, and uh, and things naturally evolve because of the way the world is or the way you've adapted something or the way you want to be. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's lots lots in the pipeline to keep us. <laughs> keep us busy and uh and you know taking land of water and and seeing how it fits into all those different parts you know we 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 sell direct into direct to consumers through our own website we um we work as i said very closely now with the hospitality industry and growing that 
um, really rapidly. And then also we're, um, we're beginning to be placed in a number of retailers, both uh, nationally and internationally as well. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I think it's very inspiring as well to hear you talk about your 10 year plan you have across because lots of businesses work for three, five years. And I know you say it can be a bit blurry what out there in 10 years, but actually you're setting the intent and often what happens, that's what I've learned from other businesses I interviewed here on the show is that when you set that, that intent and have that picture of the future, you actually find out, of course, you need to focus on what's right in front of you, but actually somehow it evolves over that decade and people will be surprised where they can get done in a decade you know if you have a, a, <laughs> a picture of about where you wanted to end yeah um, and it's really refer it's really useful we refer to it all the time and um and it, it just hones your um hones your your thoughts and your ideas and and it really keeps a big picture because it's something it's a vision that we all share and that we've all talked about um and uh, and so that's very useful, I think. What about uh, you, Pigs? Because every time I talk with you, you you have this like you know send energy over that energy of like yeah yeah that we're just we're just doing it we're just tricking along you know how, how do you make sure you're in the impact zone and and keep yourself there? <laughs> um, I'm not brilliant at finding my life balance. It has to be said, um, but I am beginning to get better at it. Um, in terms of um, you know showing up every day um, and and having a sort of certain vibe that you want to project, I don't I don't think I consciously think of that. Um, I am married to the most positive man in in the UK. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> um, he, he just breeds positivity around him, um, which is very addictive. Um, but I think I just try to be philosophical. I am definitely much better at being philosophical now. Things can really get under your skin. Things can get under your um, your team's skin as well. And I'm beginning to to say, you know what? Big picture, this is not a big deal. You know, we'll work that out. Or we'll have to deal with it like that. But it's you know, it's very easy to get caught up in one nitty gritty thing. But there's no doubt in terms of land and water is in a real. Um, you know, I need to be right in it at the moment. So I'm doing strategy as well as a lot of legwork. And yeah, so that consumes a lot of time. Um, but um, I have a quite a philosophical outlook on that. And as I said, I'm getting better at, um, you know, defining times um, when I'm working and defining times when I'm not. Um, but I'm not a master not a master of it but also it's very hard when you live your purpose i guess and that's what i hear from others as well it's like almost you have to restrain yourself to have enough energy to to go out and do it tomorrow again as well uh, and it's not like a, a, a like oh i have to but it's like i really want to because i think that's what i feel for many people as really living their purpose and can see it unfold as you talked about before i think age helps yeah yeah wisdom not, wisdom you can i'm not never... ancient but i'm definitely you know i think i sort of in my 20s that there were times in my 20s where i worked too hard and um and yeah i think age helps you become more philosophical and um and and just um be able to look at put things in perspective where can people find out more about what you're doing across the tree 
businesses and where can they connect with you uh if they want to they can come and see you at the independent hotel show in, in london I yeah guess that... that would be so nice yeah. that's in london it's the fourth to fifth of october at olympia that would be amazing um but also on on you know i have my own profile and land of waters profile on linkedin and on instagram um so and, and of course for our website um at, uh, at land of waters so um yeah i'd be be delighted to to hear from anyone that's listening even if it's just to chew the cud <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much pigs for coming on talking about purpose and how you have developed that across the, the three different businesses and brands and how you are living in and actually how you're actually trying to scale a, a business and the story a different way than you normally would think about it thank you very much i really enjoyed talking to you thanks michael Thank you so much, Pix, for sharing how you are using a shared purpose to build businesses that does more than making just great results. They also have a positive impact on people, society, and the planet. Now you should ask yourself, how can we use purpose to scale our business? And if you want to learn more about how to scale your business through purpose, tune in to episode 160 with Paul Hargreaves, founder and CEO of Cosmo Fair, on B Corps and being a force for good. A huge thank you to BizSimply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at BizSimply.com or via their socials at BizSimply or BizSimplyHQ. You can also email them directly at podcast at BizSimply.com. Big thank you to Fina Charlson, who's the show producer and editor for the Podcast Collective. I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, or review, or subscribe to one of our channels, which all can be done via the website, hospitalitymavericks.com. And also, if you have any feedback for the show on thoughts on how we can do better, reach out to me on LinkedIn or via my email, michaelashospitalitymavericks.com. Find out more about us and subscribe to the weekly newsletter, Maverick Talk, via hospitalitymavericks.com. And remember to get your free version of the new white paper, The Six Tenants of Agile Hospitality. Six tenants every leader needs to survive and thrive in the new era of hospitality. Click the link in the show notes and get your copy. I'm Michael Tinksam, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick podcast show, Be Maverick.